Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Indie Comics. I have an exciting announcement to share with you today. As you may have begun to notice, um, we are changing up our format a little bit. Um, so now instead of the roundtable after the interview, we're just going to do an interview with a creator once a month, and then we're going to have a special additional interview um, with one of our awesome indie comics friends um, talking about kind of specific things about the comics industry, uh, different questions, talking about their books, all kinds of stuff. So it'll be a little bit different than we've done in the past, but more interviews, more awesome creators, more amazing comics, um, bringing it to you. So let us know what you think of the new format. Um, um, send us a tweet, a comment, a rating, whatever. We love to hear from you. Um, but for today, we have the ever fabulous and wonderful Fuzzy Joseph. Um, and I am Maddie, your host. And I am Jeff. Dave Tigerman Smith. Tigerman. I feel like you should have like a, a song that plays whenever you're on. Like, Tigerman. I, I do. Did he not upload it yet? Uh, Tyler, get on it. I want theme music. I want my own theme song. Fuzzy, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How you guys doing? Good. Great, now that we're talking to you. Amazing. How is uh, your amazing comic, War and Hope, coming? Uh, War and Hope is awesome. Uh, Volume 3. Being printed, as far as I know, as we speak, over in Asia. Wow. So that's exciting, yeah. How does it feel now that it's to print? Gosh darn, it's like a huge stress relief, but then I have to worry about sending stuff out once it gets in. That's the big thing. Um, I expect expect mine first before anybody else, man. You know that. What's that? I expect mine before anybody else. You know that, buddy. (laughs) Sure, Jeff. High demands. (laughs) High that you can go pick it up from. (laughs) Um, Also, I heard that the pull quotes on the back of this one were were quite good. Um, Yeah. So so I have, um, you know, a couple. (laughs) No. They're amazing. Um, I went for some really awesome, strong uh, ladies that I know in the, in the comics world. Um, you are one of them. You can't and, see, but I'm uh, blushing. <laughs> and then a good friend of mine, um, uh, Sydney, who is a comic historian with a focus on women's study, uh, women's studies and romance novels. Oh, how cool. So, yeah, so her quote on the back and her input in the story has been going because it's it's one of those things that keeps me accountable mm. um, because she's studied how much uh, women were wronged in the past yeah. uh, in comics. And I want to make sure that I never fall into that same sort of thing. There's a lot of material there of women being wronged <laughs> in comics. Um, so trying to stay away from those old tropes and yeah. so on. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's good. It's good to have that sort of support. That's back great. To let me know that I'm doing stuff the right way. Because yeah. as a fan, unfortunately, um, sometimes I don't see things the way they should be seen. But that's so wonderful, though, and it's so great to to hear that. Um, 
you know, just as as a woman too, you know, to to know that there are a lot of men writing comics about women. Um, and that's great. I mean, obviously, <laughs> um, there can't only be male or female characters in a comic. You want it to be dynamic. But but knowing that, you know, whatever your experience is, you're looking to other people's experiences and trying to make sure that you are doing it the right way. How important is that for you? You know, today we're kind of talking about indie comics and how to um, self-publish and how to promote and and how important is it to you then to make sure that you're doing it, you know, as you say, the right way and, and getting um, some dy- dynamism there and diversity. Well, ultimately, we we only have our voice, right? We have our experiences, we have um, our choices, and when we create, uh, we're taking those experiences and we're putting them on paper. Yeah. And as a creator, as a writer, um, trying to get in the headspace of other people, um, whatever their their gender orientation, religion, ethnicity, what whatever that is, you you have to make sure you respect that group. And you represent them well. Hmm. Um, now, that's not saying that everybody has to be wonderful, but like if by by meaning everybody has to be super wonderful people, right? Yeah. Way. Um, but you want to make sure that you don't fall into those stereotypes that um, are negative. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And just writing dynamic characters, you know, like you can have obviously a villain or a good or bad, and it's not about that. It is. It's you know making sure that. There's all these terms now like fridging and you know, there's so many things that are kind of these comic tropes and particularly with comics because they were so, you know, specifically male dominated um, and then even, you know, ca- Caucasian male dominated. You know, it's it's great to have so many new voices and to have people that are really making sure that, you know, they're they're a little more sensitive and careful. And um, and I think the characters are all the stronger and better for it. Yeah. Well, if you. If- back on the first volume uh the first book even of the war and hope uh was a which was a floppy at 22 pages um once i had done it and i finished it i printed it uh i realized all the characters were white and mm-hmm. um it was a weird thing like i was looking i was like oh wait a minute this is no this is wrong this is wrong um so i i was it was a, it was a conscious thing to be aware of that and to make sure that i did have a clear representation of the world itself and not just this little individual part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, and by no means are the characters in their certain ethnic, ethnicities because I want to diversify it. Because mm-hmm. that's forced. I don't want to force it. Like a character being a, a black man just because I'm like, oh, well, I need to meet the quota of having a black man in there. <laughs> like that's wrong. And we all know that that's wrong. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's something that I need to hold uh, myself accountable with as well. That's great. Which, and to kind of follow that trail, uh, Corinthian, my favorite character is black. What made you decide um, to have that character be an African-American man? So I was actually, that character, gosh darn, there's a lot of things that happened with that character. Um, So I, because he's the best. He he is (laughs) rap. I wanted a strong character and uh, I wanted someone who's going to have a lot of impact in the story. And someone who's going to just stand up and be this voice. And uh, my buddy Clayton, uh, CT, he's a comedian. Um, he is this big presence. I mean, he's been on uh, Unnecessary Debates with you guys uh, at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Yeah. And you know that when he's in the room, you know he's in the room. Because he is, when he's there, it's, it, he's on the go. He's he's this performer. And I was like, this is the guy. This is, this is, yeah, I love his look. I, I love his presence. I love his voice. 
like I even told him, I was like, if this ever gets made into a TV show or movie, like I want you as as Corinthian. Oh my and, gosh, that would be amazing. And uh, I just I, I hope he can play serious. Um, <laughs> that was a good thing. Um, but even like being culturally aware of things was a big deal because Corinthian originally uh, he uses a sword. He uses a flaming sword. Um, originally, I was going to go with the the play of the spear that. Uh, stabbed Jesus on the oh, cross. Oh, the spear of destiny. Yeah, spear of destiny. But then I was like, oh no, I have a black man with a spear. <laughs> and see, see, that's the thing. It's, so you have to yeah. be aware of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it, 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 and having that register in my head, I'm like, I can't do that. I have to, I have to fix this now. I have to alter this. I have to yeah. change this. But, but I think I it is so strong that he is a black man, and I think he has a a presence. And well, I, he, I can. It feels right to me. I can't yeah. tell you specifically why, but <laughs> his role is the defender on earth where he stand up and lead an army against demons, right? Against uh, anyone who brings injustice. And there is this very much, um, if you look at the Western world, or if you look at America in its early ages, this, this being free of, of slavery really is what's happening. And so I feel like that kind of adds to it too, which is powerful with the story. Yeah. That's great. Were there any other things that you kind of consciously thought about um, from a diversity standpoint or just in, you know, making this kind of bigger than yourself in that way? Because especially, you know, to your point, we're talking about starting your own comic. If you're doing everything, you know, you're writing it, you're um, doing the art, you're kind of self-editing as you go. Like it is kind of siloed just by default. And so it's so great that you are kind of opening your heart and your mind to, you know, how can you adapt and how can you make sure that you're more inclusive? Yeah, so like uh, Chacal, uh Anthony Martinez, um, Alejandro Martinez, sorry. Um, he gets his last name from a buddy of mine, Anthony Martinez. <laughs> uh, he was a love letter to the students that I was teaching out mm. in, uh, in Delano, which is a migrant community uh, here in California. And very much so, it was, uh, those kids made a huge impact on me. Mm. And so able to create a character that they could possibly have some sort of identity with or click with was, was important. And that, that was another big conscious move. Um, the fact that Clara is our main character, uh, being a woman, a young woman, was that I did because uh, my daughters. I have two daughters, one, seven, and I wanted to make sure that I, I started, or at least I could, no, not started, that's wrong, that I continued with this big narrative that's going on right now where we have strong women that our, our ladies can look up to. And Clara's a woman. Um, she's not a little girl. She's a woman. And so this gives them something that they could possibly look to um, in addition to the already strong women in their lives, like my wife and my my wife's mother and my mother and so on. Yeah, just being aware of all that stuff. That's great. And I will give you credit for, for her, too, because I feel like she's she's such a strong character, but she can be vulnerable and she can, you know, express her feelings while still being a total badass. And I think that that's something that's really important too, because I feel like sometimes it's all one or the other. Um, And to really have a dynamic female character, like any human being would be, um, you know, in Corinthian the same way too, that he's vulnerable, but he's also very strong. And I think that's, that's so important in looking at that characterization. Well, that's, that's all of us too. We're not one to people, you know? And I think that's, that's the strength that's in the characters that I have, especially that the ones that are in the forefront is that they do have flaws, that they do have motivations. And that we're we're building with that. Now, Fuzzy, uh, being the the writer and the artist, th- this book's all you. 
do you ever feel yourself like second guessing yourself because you have like nothing to like bounce off of people or anything like that dude all the time <laughs> um, so, so yes and no but so like because i don't have that i i don't have to stop myself when i get in a groove so like if i keep going i'll be like you know what i'm just gonna keep keep at it um I do work with my, my editor, uh, Alex, and sometimes I'll send stuff to friends. Uh, Jeff has gotten sent stuff before. Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler's sent stuff before. Where I'm like, hey, think about this. And they're like, heck yes. Or, <laughs> and, that, and that's cool. That's what I want. Um, my students that I teach right now, I teach high school art now. And uh, they used to teach English. Now it's, now it's art, which is where I want to be. Oh, um, that's awesome. I'll mention stuff to them. And if, if the reaction's good, I'll roll with it. But if not, I won't. So I'm always thinking about it. I'm always taking feedback that I get uh, because the books are a year apart. Generally, um, I'm able to hear feedback from people where they speculate the story is going to go. Hmm. Um, I'll, if, if, <laughs> if I like what they have better, sometimes I'll just go with that. Um, but but it's always evolving and it's always changing. So so I do have that that time where I second guess stuff. Yes. But um, ultimately, it's. And this is going to sound really selfish, but it's my story. Yeah. I want it thing that I'm going to be proud, that I would read or that I would be excited to read. I, I generally go with the theme of, or the idea that I want to make a comic for teenage me. That, that's what I'm going for. That's when I was into comics. That's when I was impressionable. That's when I had like real freedom. Well, I'm, so- I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you're going the, the you route because I, I love the book. So, so that, that, a big compliment right there and that's just it is that if you're going for something that you enjoy likely someone else is going to enjoy it too and if no one else is then at least you're happy with it exactly because ultimately like if the kickstarters fail then i put in a bunch of time on something that would be wasted otherwise right yes exactly and how does that kind of feel then as an independent creator um just that idea that you have to love what you do and you have to love your work and be true to yourself um through kind of the ups and downs and i think you know warren hope has been steadily gaining a lot of momentum and is getting more and more popular which is great but you know sometimes there are ups and downs and sometimes um it may not be as well received as you'd hope you know how do you as an independent creator kind of deal with that you know what it's i'm I'm very fortunate that it's it's something that i oh gosh i don't know let's um (laughs) sometimes it sucks you know it outright sucks there's, there's shows I've done where I barely make travel expenses, you mm-hmm. know, where I go out and I, I try to hawk my book um, or just talk to people about the book. And it, it that empty feeling of coming back to my wife and kids and be like, yeah, so I spent more money than, than I made. That, that that feels terrible. That's taking money out of my kids' mouths. Um, not money, food. food out of my kids <laughs> you mouth. feed your children money? Why, yes, you know, we eat gold cereal every morning. So lush over here. Um but but it, it's a very real thing. It's it's scary. Um, also, in being an artist or a writer or any type of creator, if you don't get feedback um, or if it's not positive, mm-hmm. that that could break you. So I think being able to to know that, get in that headspace where you know not everyone's going to like it, that helps. Reading, um, but also knowing that you know what I made something and the person who doesn't like it probably has never made anything in their life. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing too. That helps. Did that answer that question? I don't know. Yeah, you totally did. Okay, cool. Now, from your perspective of you know being the creator with Warren Hope and everything, give us your perspective on how it is 
What's it like being at cons in your particular case? And what, what is it like to table when you're at them? I have a hard time not tabling at shows now. I, I don't enjoy them as much. Um, I'm very much an extrovert. So I like being able to talk to people, um, which I can do as a con goer too. But I don't know, just being behind the table and trying to share my, my effectively my heart with people. Right. I'm such a big thing. And I love drawing for people. Like I do a lot of live drawing at my table. Um, I do a lot of commission work that way. And that to me is, is that connect. It's, it's connecting with someone on another level. And then if they read the story, they like it and they come back. Oh, when I used to do the books as floppies, um, Silicon Valley, one of my, one of my favorite and longtime supporters of the book, Elizabeth, she, um, gosh, it was Silicon Valley Comic-Con three years ago, I think maybe four, no, three years ago. I just had the books as floppies. So I had the first three issues. So, um, we were there the first day of the show, three day show. She bought book one. On the second day, she came back and she bought book two. Hmm. The third day, she came back and she bought the third book and said, "Okay, I'm enjoying this." And she's still a supporter, like to this day. That's awesome. awesome. Um, yeah, it, and just having that sort of ongoing thing and that direct feedback from people is huge. Also, it, it comes with with personality and buying from someone you like. So, um, I I like to think I'm a genuinely decent person i mean we all like to think we are right but you know, at conventions it's it's like you've dialed up to to a left right um we all know those people who are sitting back there trying to be salesman or or whatnot and that's uh, fine that's their that's their thing but for me it's it's i don't know i just i'd rather make the connection with the person yeah they know where the art and the where the story is really coming from that's awesome yeah. So it's really just about, you know, having that personal connection, meeting people. And I will say, you know, even just from obviously I've seen you at cons and all over the place, but even just talking with you, I do feel like it's you get so much more connected to the work and you understand it a little better and you have, you know, a face to put along with the name. And I think that is such a personal experience. And it's something you you get more in indie comics. I mean, that's what Comic-Con is all about, right? Is being able to go at its heart. <laughs> I know it's expanded so much now. But it's about going to see your favorite creators and artists and um, getting to have a personal connection and ask questions about your favorite comics. But how cool is it to have independent creators like you who are sitting at a booth, hanging out, selling comics, talking to people? Um, it's a really unique experience and a way to, to meet people from different backgrounds and different comics. And um, people should go to cons. Go say hello to Fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's and even if it's not me, if it's someone like Don Wynn or um, Barbara and Dylan at Fanbase Press yes. or Russell Nolte at Wannabe Press, you know, getting to make that connection with somebody and and seeing what they do. Um, I I only buy from people I like. Um, mm. It's it's come to that, which is terrible. Um, is but, it? It's, I don't know. Well, no, it's not terrible at all. You're right. Well, especially right. in today's world, we we talk about, you know, voting with your money, right? And like deciding, you know, spending in things that stories that, you know, are really good and that should be promoted or people that are really good and should be promoted. And you think, too, you know, especially with indie comics, I'm having a little moment here. But like you might not start out like even you said with Warren Hope, the first, you know, the first volume was not exactly what you wanted and you grew into it more and more. And so someone that's starting on their first comic the comic itself may not be incredible, but if they're a good person, you want to encourage them and help them make more. You got to buy that comic. And so it's actually great to buy from people who are good people. Yes. And, and I've boxed up from people who their work may not have been the best, but I, 
you can tell. You can tell when it's someone's first show. Yeah. Um, and you cut, they need that nudge. They need to know that what they're doing actually matters. And that's a big thing in, the, in just the world in general. Let people know that they matter. Um, and with art, it's, it is that heartbreaking thing where you go a show and you do nothing. Gosh, I remember my first few shows and, um, I remember, gosh, I don't even want to say, I remember doing sketches for $10 and that's like, now I'm like, there's no way Like you, you can give me a draw anything for $10. That sounds <laughs> terrible. I'll draw for free if, if it gets slow, but that's just to keep my skills up. Um, I don't know. No, that really sounds bad. So, so fuzzy with, uh, with you grinding and building your brown brand, uh, around yourself, where, where, where do you hope it leads an extra credit? If it's a blue beetle question, uh, team up detective book, <laughs> that's all, that's my only goal right there. It should be right. Like what, what other goal is there? You know what? My goal is, is to finish this story. And, and after that, whatever happens is extra. Um, I just, I want to be able to tell this one story. I want to be able to put my, all my attention into it because um, it's going to be about five volumes long or uh, it might be six. Some stuff's happened mm-hmm. in the story and yes. I really want to investigate that further. Um, I'm actually thinking about doing a, um, so in the third book, there's a character called the Empress who shows up hmm. and um, I'm thinking about doing some background story on her. So maybe a floppy or two. That That'd be awesome. And the people of the veil, uh, not the veil, the valley. Um, so we'll see. We'll see about that though. Um, Gosh, I know it sounds like terrible, but TV would be ideal for it. Um, I think it hits a lot of things that people want to see. It, it has that that desperation that we all identify with. It has the supernatural elements that are going to keep us invested. Um, but also, like, it has potential to be really bloody and people love violence. <laughs> That's <laughs> bad. Um, but I feel like it could grow and it could be something that has, has more teeth to it than, than what we're seeing. Yeah, I think comics are obviously such a strong and impactful medium, but this would make a really cool TV show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Invite us all to the premiere. There you go. Yes. Um, and guest spots. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. I will be dying person number four. Yeah, you can all die. It'd be great. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's What's nice is that because it's not my day job, and this is the cool thing with indie comics, is that you get a lot of creators who might not normally be creating still producing stuff. Exciting. That's a lot of the big push with like the Nano, right? That's happening in November. And um, you, you get people who, who can do their day jobs and still contribute to this ever building uh, world of comics. Absolutely. Uh, is it is it hard to manage with a day job though? I mean, do you ever find stress in that? All the time. All the time. <laughs> but what's nice is my wife's been super supportive. Um, my kids are supportive. My oldest daughter reads all my books. Hi, was that what, was that my kid? Yeah. Okay, that's my <laughs> background. Your number um, one fan. I used to have a kid at Tyler's house. Um, <laughs> that was scary. But um, a big big thing with me is I lost my train of thought because the idea of Tyler having a child is so horrifying. I know. What was I talking about? Love Goodness. you, Tyler. I'm keeping this in. Um, what it was like to <laughs> <laughs> to kind of deal with, you know, having a career and also then writing an independent comic. So, so as you just saw, it, it can be distracting. Um, <laughs> so, like, teaching full-time, I'm doing my master's in education right now. Um, I coach wrestling now. Uh, I have two young daughters. My wife, 
and a new dog. So it's like I have a lot of things um, that juggle. And then so doing shows is like pulling teeth. I'm cutting down shows this year just or this coming year so I can focus more on family um, and also really put more time into the work. So just making time. I mean, we always find time to play games. We always find time to, gosh, I don't know how much time people waste on the toilet playing on their phone, right? (laughs) So, I mean, if you just took that time to write or to draw or to, I don't know, play an instrument, there's no excuse for you not creating or producing. When put it in... Now, when put into that part perspective, uh, Fuzzy, would it be safe? Would it be safe to say that Warren Hope is almost like not even working for you, really? That it's really just been a heap of fun the entire time. Whenever I look at your particular art, it looks like there are tons of fandoms going on with this, all being mixed into one right here. So, is it safe to say when you're doing Warren Hope that it doesn't feel like work at all? Yes, yes. So, absolutely. Um, it, there's a lot of fandoms actually hidden in there too. Um, not even like hidden, hidden. They're like. Bland. Oh no no they're quite they're quite obvious and you know the ones that I, that are probably especially loving to me because I've told you this time and time again in in your messages. But uh, which one, yeah, which one stands out the most to you? It's the demons, dude. Your your demons are just amazing. Thank you. Yeah, no, the I demons. Oh, I can never get enough of them, dude. I, I I crave those guys. They're in the back of volume three. Is going to be a lot more concept art for stuff too, which is going to be fun. Yeah, that's really um, cool. Your concept art is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. I mean, ultimately, that would be great just to be able to produce concept art. But, I, um, yeah. No, go ahead. Because go ahead, when, when I'm looking at this, and when, I was, when, when I'm looking over that stuff, I'm looking like this, and I'm thinking, like, you know what? This guy isn't really struggling on, on this at all, is he? It's like he's having fun with this, man. In fact, in fact if anything, I'm almost envious. What's of... fun is I draw in, like, I think three different styles. So there's, like, my sketch style, there's the Warren Hope style, and then there's, like, pinup art comic style that I do at shows. Uh-huh. And, um, the War and Hope itself, that style has been evolving since day one. Exactly. Um, art style um, and even story plots. Um, Albert, who, what, why, keeping who, what, who, what, where, why, how. Did I say it right? And I, I'm always sure to name drop him because of the impact that he had on me. And so uh, developing the story and the, developing the art style as it goes has been uh, exciting, really. I mean, um, book one was very fast paced, book two was. We're setting the plot. Book three, we have a lot more action taking place with movement. Um, book three has a lot more backgrounds than the previous books. Um, so we're trying to get away. And by we, I mean I. I don't know why I say we. <laughs> the royal we. Well, you know what? It's all of us. It's all of us because I have so many people supporting it. Um, but I'm trying to get away from the talking heads in uh, a world that they actually live in. And that's trying to come to fruition. There's a map of the city in the back of volume three. So that'll be fun. Yeah. That's awesome. What kind of advice would you give to people, you know, trying to create their own independent comics, trying to get on Kickstarter? What advice for people doing their comics, getting on Kickstarter? Um, Build up a reputation. That's that's huge. Uh, Get attention at shows from people. Have people following you on social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever you can. Um, so that they know you, so that your your name means something more than just a random name on Kickstarter. Um, and with that in mind, be sure to hit up your your family members, your friends who may not necessarily be interested in comics, or, but they want to support you uh, because there are people like that out there. I have a slew of them, and 
they know that they're along for the ride. Make people feel like they're actually appreciated with it. That's a big deal. Um, that goes back to the, I want to support people who I like. If, if you look at the inside cover of each volume, um, you're going to see a list of people. And those are all the people who back the Kickstarter, inside front page. Why? Because they're important and they need to be the first thing that people see when they open the book. I want them there. Um, those are the people who are along for the ride. Those are the names that matter. And each one of those is handwritten digitally, um, not typed out, handwritten, because it gives me time to actually reflect on that and to acknowledge that this person invested however much money um, because they believed in not just the product, but me. And that's huge. That means the world. That's awesome. That's such a beautiful thought, too, of taking the time to really think about each person. And I I think that is such a testament, too, to supporting good people, right? Like, knowing that you care so much about every single individual who is on your team, who is in your tribe, who's supporting you, um, it matters, right? And it makes people want to support you and follow you and, and see your work grow and evolve. And, um, you know, I'm... I'm so amazed by how much each book has grown and I'm excited to see what's coming. And it's such a wonderful story. And I think, you know, there are obviously a lot of ups and downs in that process. Um, but I, I think your point to kind of build your team um, and, and build your name is, is so important. And I think you've done that so well. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Other than that. <laughs> um, but it's taken time too, though. Yeah. So like, so there have been like people who have fallen down by the wayside because of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's unfortunate. Um, but a lot of friendships have been built from it too. Like just getting out and networking. Networking is huge too. If you're building indie comics network, mm-hmm. talk to people who've done it before. Yeah. Um, and you'll find that artist alleys, people are so open to talk about stuff. Like if you have an art question or you, um, uh, Barbara Kiesel, right. Yeah. She offering, uh, she looked over this young lady's artwork at the show this weekend we did mm. up here in Brownsville. And um, this, she's a high school student. She's wanting to do comics. And Barbara, like, took a look at her work and gave feedback. That's like, awesome. How cool is that? You have some uh, alleged work on Hawk and Dove, Hellboy, uh, My Little Pony, right? Like, such amazing properties. And she's willing to give feedback to this high school student that has, that wants to maybe break into comics. That's so cool. Crazy. So really just understanding, you know, find your supporters, um, look for the people that will follow you, and then also look within the industry and see who can be your mentor and see who you can reach out to and, and grow with. And I think, you know, that importance of being at shows and being physically near people and, and talking to people is is also a great point to to remember. Yeah, and like online groups. Um, Facebook has a whole mess of groups that – Try to connect comic book creators, you know. Mm. Of course, I, I don't know. That, that sounds shoddy to me. I like face-to-face because that way I know the person. Yeah. But, it, but it's it, probably a great way, too, to meet, like, if you're a writer looking for an artist or an artist looking for a writer to kind of connect. Like, I know we've had people on here that are, you know, working with people from another country. Right. Um, exactly. And that, that's awesome. But, like, so I go to CAPS when I can. That's the Comic Art Professional Society. Done um, once a month. And because of that, the connections I've made, like Bobby Timoney, Norm Harper, um, Lonnie Millsap, uh, Bill Stout, like, um, and because of it, meeting people like Bill Morrison. Um, a couple of years ago, I got to meet Marv Wolfman because of it, Roy Thomas. Like, oh, these are amazing people in the industry. And I'm able to actually sit and talk with them and, and know that, okay, maybe I, maybe I can do this. 
And that's a that's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Sorry for like like vomiting a bunch of names out there. Showing off. I see how to <laughs> No, that's awesome though. And I mean it shows how many amazing people you can meet and who are in the industry and who are willing to, you know, share time um and talk and, and help other creators, which is really inspiring and really wonderful. Yeah. Do you have any last advice that you'd want to share with our listeners who are interested in comics, interested in the industry? Do it. I mean, the <laughs> only thing that's going to stop you is you. Yeah. And if you're worried about it not being a certain way, uh, screw it. Do it, do it your way. Um, because there's, there's no wrong way to make comics. The only wrong way is to not. And oh. with uh, digital, you can go digital, you can go traditional, you can make it more like a zine, you can make it on webtoons, you could do it on comicsology. You could print your own. I mean, you could go to Kinko's and do it yourself. Like, gosh, there's there's so many things to do. You have a story. Um, you matter, and your stories matter. And if you can get that out there and share with people, well, you might find that one person who just needed to hear that they're not alone and that maybe there's someone out there that they can connect with and identify with. You're giving me chills. I love it. This is like Oprah always says. It's her tweetable moments. <laughs> you matter. Your stories matter. And the only way to create a bad comic is not to create one. That is amazing and so true. And even if someone is like, like they look at and they go, ugh. You know what? That's a reaction. And that means it's successful art. Yeah, you made something. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. And... Listeners, you can also reach out to Fuzzy. He's given all this great advice. I bet he will chat with you too. Find him yeah. at cons, fuzzyjoseph.com. Yep, on Twitter at Fuzzy Joseph, on Instagram at Fuzzy Joseph. Um, Hard to remember all these different. <laughs> yeah, it's just Fuzzy Joseph. You can find me pretty much on everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much yet again for taking the time to chat with us. FuzzyJoseph.com, everybody. Warren Hope Volume 3 coming soon. Hot off the presses. Uh, really exciting things ahead. I can't wait for the next 18 volumes or three or however many you decide to do. But it's an amazing story. Um, I'm so excited uh, for this next one to come out and for people to get to experience it. Um, thank you for being a titan of indie comics and for always you know, sharing your time and your talent um, with others. And uh, we're, we're really happy to have you back. Oh, it's my pleasure always. Perfect. Well, thank you, our wonderful listeners. Um, thanks for listening. You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our site, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. If this was helpful to you, if you thought it was interesting, if there's questions you wish we'd ask, um, please let us know. Write us a comment. Give us some stars. Um, we really appreciate hearing from you. We always want to hear from you. You can also stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. The intro is provided by Cranston. You can buy Warren Hope at FuzzyJoseph.com. Reach out to Fuzzy. Chat with him. He's an amazing guy, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, thank you for joining us, and come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG! Fuzzy! You're the best.